Welcome. You are listening to the Cover to Cover podcast, lively conversations with cutting edge authors, hosted by Mary Elizabeth Jackson. Mary is an author, advocate, and educator. Join us to find your new favorite author, book, or inspiration. And now, here's Mary. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Cover to Cover. I'm your hostess, Mary Elizabeth Jackson. This is the podcast you always want to hear. Well, mindfulness has become more a part of our conversations today, and there is so much material available for each of us to learn and become more mindful, which will lead us to a healthier life. But if you aren't sure what mindfulness means exactly, or maybe you are more of an avid mindfulness person, today I'm talking with Aura Nadrich, who is a mindfulness expert and pioneer on this topic. I'm so excited to have her here today. Um, She's also the founder and president of the Institute for Transformational Healing. Today, we're talking about her new book, Time to Awaken, Changing the World with Conscious Awareness. And Lord knows we need it, don't we? Welcome, Aura. So glad to have you on today. Thank you, Mary. So grateful to be here with you. I love this. This is such a big subject right now. And what I love is that it's so much more in mainstream conversation, it seems like, than it ever has been before. Would you agree? Absolutely. I mean, we are in a very, um, very pivotal, transformational time here on this planet of ours. So it's really a very important time to be very awake and very aware, which is really the basis of mindfulness. Absolutely. And you know, for somebody out there who like, can, what is your simplest definition for of mindfulness for someone who may be listening to this and is like, they wonder what it is, they're not sure they've heard the word, and they're not as avid a, a person about it uh, and understanding what would you say is the simplest way to kind of, you know, explain mindfulness? The simplest definition of mindfulness, and it really is the actual definition of mindfulness, is being in the present moment with total awareness. Now, where it gets more in depth about that, the definition itself is very direct and very simple. But, you know, my uh, present moment awareness in a moment might be different than yours, which means we could be together. We're in this conversation together. How present am I in this conversation? How present are you in this conversation? So it's really showing up in the moments of our lives, being extremely present and wanting to be in the present moment, not wanting to be in the future, which isn't here yet, in the past, which is coming gone. And, you know, a study out of Harvard states that our mind wanders almost 51% of the time, which means it's not in the present very much. So that's why mindfulness really helps us. It helps us be in the present moment with total awareness and be in the moment really uh, grateful to be in the moment and uh, feel that the moment is enough. You know, that we don't need to think that we have to be somewhere other than where we are right now. Yes. Bloom where you're planted is another way to say it, right? (laughs) Very well said. Yes. Um, So I'm going to throw this in there. We saw Puss in Boots over the weekend and Puss in Boots, if you have not seen it, um, it, 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 it's it's an animated movie for children. There's a lot of adult stuff in there, but there's the one little character. Everybody's very greedy and what they want for their wish. But the one little character who's the meekest little thing in the show, in the movie, is the one who's completely happy where he is. He doesn't care that he was left, you know, and that he was adopted and that he doesn't have a family. And, you know, he, he teaches us 
that you need to be happy with what you have and where you're at. That's a great lesson. Yes. It's, it's lovely to see that it's in a movie, you know, for children, you know, it's so much to learn from because, you know, in my book, Live True, A Mindfulness Guide to Authenticity, I talk about three types of people. They're just three types of people that I've made up, you know, pertaining to mindfulness. And I say, you know, maybe you can identify with one of these categories or maybe all of them or maybe two. And what I describe them as is that there are people that are what I call future chasers. They're always thinking about the next moment. They're always thinking the next moment's going to be better. They're always planning for the next moment. You know, like they're always planning ahead. They're really in the future. And I call them future chasers. Then there are the people that I call past dwellers. And they're the ones that are always ruminating about the past or lamenting, oh, I wish I had done this. And if only that didn't happen. And wouldn't it be great if this had happened and that didn't happen? You know, you know, the type. And then there are those lucky people like the character in the movie. And I call them present experiencers. Mm. And they are in the moment and perfectly happy being exactly where they are. They don't want to be anywhere else other than the moment that they're in right now. And then the cool thing about that, if you're listening out there and we're on cover to cover today with Aura Nadrich and she's, we're discussing her book right now. You can get on Amazon and anywhere books are sold time to awaken, changing the world with conscious awareness. And what we're discussing is that, you know, if, if when you can be in the moment, everything is right, nothing is wrong. And so then you're always at peace. And, yeah. and I think mindfulness is also a very, very good tool for ADD and ADHD because the mind works so fast. And even like our autistic children, you know, that's one of my areas of certification and expertise is I have two kids on the spectrum. So let's focus right now. Let's bring it back to this moment and teaching them how to be in the moment and being grateful is so important. No, very helpful. And, you know, whether it's for a child with special needs or adults, because adults, you know, they may not have been, you know, diagnosed with ADD or ADHD, but we all know that many adults function like that. They Mm -hmm. can't stay focused. They're all over the map, you know. So mindfulness is a practice that really brings you into the present moment. And if your mind begins to wander, you can do something like focus on your breath. Something as simple as literally the rising and the falling of the breath, you know, of, you know, you can have children literally put their hands on their hearts and feel, you know, taking a deep breath in and, and the exhalation, feeling the rising and falling of their breath. There are things that we can do that put our attention on something so the mind doesn't wander as much. And if it does, we can bring the focus and the awareness back on that thing, be it a breath or an object or whatever you want to focus on. Now, it's also good to help them. That's a good tool to help with anxiety uh, and um, something helping people to get grounded, come back in their body if they're anxious and nervous. Um, oh. I, was, I was just writing about that. I called it breathe, uh, breathing on purpose. And yeah. then and with yeah. a child, you can have them close their eyes even and draw a square as they're breathing in and out to four count or a circle. So they can, you know, then they access that part of their brain, the creative part right. along with the breathing. Exactly. And, yeah. And you can do a counting, uh, breathing with them, which I love. It's the counting of one, two, three, four, one, one, two, three, four, two, one, two, three, four, three, one, two, three, four, four. <laughs> you can go up to as many numbers as you want. So they count on the inhalation and the exhalation. Do you know? So there's so many wonderful things we can do that help us stay in the moment. 
Right. Okay. So what inspired you to write time to awaken? And you have to get this book. There are, she covers lots of different topics. Some of them are, um, well, as you called them to me before we started the show controversial or kind of hot topics, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, at the basis of all my books, they really are based in mindfulness, meaning that I'm always presenting to my reader about being present. And when we're present, as I said, we're more aware. And it's like, if you look at the lens of a camera and how you can widen that lens so that you could see more of the spectrum of what you're looking at, be it a landscape. So we want to widen the lens. And that's what mindfulness does so beautifully. So from my perspective, I was very curious about, I had a lot of questions about, you know, what has happened in the last almost three years, because as we know, the world has changed. And we kept hearing things like these are unprecedented times. And, you know, we have to look at the fact that the world had changed, we went into a global emergency, we we went into all these unnatural um, states and, and behaviors, we had to social distance, we had to go into lockdown, we had to wear masks, we had to do all these things that were just very unnatural for us. And what I really cite in the book is that we went into a fear state. And especially when something affected the entire world, that's unprecedented. We've never experienced anything like that before. So I had a lot of questions myself. I'm very much an in, in, inquisitive person. I've always been that. I'm a big dot connector. I ask a lot of questions, you know, even the types of books that I write about the thought process, you know, is about questioning our thoughts do you know because the only way we can really get the answers that we need is to question do you know and for me that's been my path I'm I'm definitely someone who's very uh, as I said very inquisitive so there were a lot of areas that I wanted to know more about and I propose a lot of questions to my reader I take them into a lot of areas that I was very curious about and it was also very curious to me as to why there were those of us that were seeing certain things that other people weren't seeing, or they were inquiring about things that other people didn't seem to care much about. Could it have been that they just weren't seeing things on their particular news sources and others were seeing things on social media? And, you know, also what was really most um, obvious to me, especially from a mindfulness perspective, because mindfulness, mindfulness also is about being in the present moment with total awareness, with acceptance non-judgment and compassion if you really want to get into more of the um you know the buddhist origins of mindfulness which is really being you know in the world with compassion and compassion towards oneself and towards others i realized that we were in a very polarized state you know we become very polarized and that was very um concerning to me that we were functioning suddenly where people had very different opinions of what was going on. And because people were in an alarm state or in a fear state, they were not getting along with their loved ones. There was the people were arguing, people were becoming estranged and ostracized. And I looked beneath the surface of that and there was much to find, do you know, because we really are not meant to be in that state. It's it's very conflicting. It creates a lot of dissent in people, it, you know. And so what I wanted to focus on is 
why are we in such a polarized state? We need to really look deeper into these areas to come up with more answers that we can feel comfortable with rather than pointing a finger at each other with I'm right, you're wrong. You know, we all had different um, opinions, different beliefs, uh, different experiences and different perceptions of what went on in the last three years. So I wanted to, you know, really couple that with mindful awareness and to bring the mindfulness aspect into what it means to be aware, even of our own fear and what decisions and impressions do we make and have when we're in a heightened state of fear. Yeah, you really, that's a big one you touched on because it brought so much fear uh, on so many levels, like the planet maybe has not experienced in a hundred years, we'll say, right. Since oh, the last yeah, pandemic. Exactly. And and we have so much, we've advanced so much in a hundred years. And even with our thought processes and, and having the planet filled with lots of mindful thinkers all scattered all over the place, we still experience a tremendous amount of fear. And I, I remember when, you know, when, the, when things were first happening and coming into California, when I sat and thought about all of it, what it felt like was this huge cloud of fear coming across the States. And that yes. was the, 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 that was the virus, you know, and it was like, okay, so people have got to get to a place of not fearing and, and into a, you know, and it, like you said, it brought out the worst in a lot of folks. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I understand initially that we were in a situation where, you know, here's a novel virus that comes along and it grips the entire world. How can we not go into fear? Of course, right. we're going to go into fear. But, you know, being in a fear state is, is, A, it's not a state that you want to stay in. Do you know what I mean? You go into fight or flight when you're in that state. And it's not a natural state to be in. And there are still people almost three years later that are in fear. So that's something that I felt was really important to focus on that, you know, it's not healthy to be in a heightened state of fear all the time. It creates a tremendous, you know, uptick in cortisol in the body. You know, it's not, it, it, you know, it, it obviously anxiety and depression and even suicide, you know, there was a tremendous uptick in that people just really went into high levels of stress. So we want to work on that. We want to look at it more closely. And one of the things that I mentioned recently is that, you know, it's like the Elizabeth Kubler-Ross's um, stages of grief. Do you know, there's stages that you go through when you're, when you go into shock and that's in a death context. But I wanted to use that model in how we go into states of fear and shock and that we don't want to get frozen in those states of of fear or shock or grief. We want to work through them. And when we work through them, we can relax the mind and not be in reactive mode. And we can learn more and we can understand more. We can get more information so that we can make wise decisions, not just in a heightened state of fear all the time. Right. It's It was like watching, um, if you were in the chemistry lab, watch watching everything bounce off of each other underneath the microscope almost in a, in a very reactive state. Why do you think it's an important book at this time? And it, and it, I feel like it's a super important book, but coming from where you're coming from, you know, you wrote the book, you're passionate about it. And, you know, why do you think it's important at this time? 
I think it's really important for us to, again, to use the word, word aware, awareness, to be aware. And I use the word, word awake because even the book is called Time to Awaken. And I think that, you know, left to our own devices, you know, we don't want to be disrupted. We don't want to be upset. You know, we don't want to look sometimes things that are unpleasant for us. And that's not going to serve us well, you know, in a world that has changed so exponentially, it really behooves us to be aware of the changes that are going on in the world today. And there are many, you know, um, not only, you know, because I cover so much, as I told you earlier, I cover so much in the book about, you know, a mindfulness perspective of what I'm explaining now about how to approach fear, you know, and to maybe have a more mindful awareness of when we go into a state of fear and what decisions do we make when we're in a state of fear. But when I really investigated further of what was going on, I was just astounded about the things that I had found out, like, you know, how much our advanced technology is changing our world. And those are areas that I really was just you know, kind of a shocked by that, you know, there are so many things that are going on simultaneously, like where we know that our devices, everything is advancing, you know, there's 5G technology now, there are things, you know, that people maybe not are aware of. And that again, goes into awareness, like artificial intelligence, AI, someone might say, well, how does that affect my life? You know, what is what does artificial intelligence have to do with my life? Well, that affects the algorithms. That means that when you do Google searching, or if you're a business owner, you know, the AI algorithms, and I'm not versed in how to explain it all in fine details, but our technology is advancing so fast that there are, you know, things like artificial intelligence. There's a movement called transhumanism. It sounds very science fiction, but, you know, we are, which is really transforming our biology. And there are a lot of futurists who are transhumanists who want to rush the world towards as much advanced technology as possible. So an example of that would be like, you know, I mean, Amazon, I know, is creating markets and Amazon owns Whole Foods. I don't know if there's a Whole Foods where you are, yes. but these are very well-known, you know, um, health markets that are just all over, I guess, the country. And, you know, there's a number of these markets now that are using this advanced technology, like barriers that you can't walk through it unless you present a QR code on your phone. It literally sounds like something out of a science fiction movie. And then you go in and you don't even pay and you just pick things and you walk out and you put this thing, you know, a digitalized, digitalized code that's on this machine. And that's concerning for a lot of people. They're like, well, what does that mean? Is that like, you know, is that part surveillance? Is that all of my information is just, you know, there to be given into this modern advanced technology? So we mustn't fear these topics. We, we need to talk about how we are going into the future. And, you know, one of the terms that I found was very disconcerting, and I'm not talking about mis genuine misinformation, but sometimes people are not comfortable when things sound two-way out there. They're like, oh, no, 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 that's two-way out there. That sounds like a conspiracy theory. But when your markets change or people who are a little bit old-fashioned that maybe just want to pay with cash, you know, how are you going to feel if you go into a market one day and they say, we don't take you don't take cash or we don't take your credit card. You're going to have to wave your hand in front of this machine that we don't really know what it is. 
We're not getting a tutorial on what it is. We're just going along with the program. And that's what I really stress in the book. It isn't about just going along with the program because it's convenient for you. Get more educated. Do your own due diligence. Find out if that works for you. Find out if you're comfortable. Maybe you're more comfortable. I know I am. I'm more comfortable going to shop in a market that isn't requiring that of me. Do you know, I feel like I can only go into a market that isn't going to take my credit card and is going to make me wave my hand in front of some, you know, machine, or I have to present a QR code in order to do my shopping. Um, Some people might think that's cool. You know, everybody's going to have a different opinion about that. And I understand that. But the best thing for us is to get educated. The best thing for us is to make decisions based on information that we've gotten that we feel comfortable with. And that's what I think is why this book is so important right now, because the world has changed so radically and it's going to be, it's going to continue to change very quickly. I don't want people to wake up and go, Oh my God, what just happened? How did, how did did this happen? How did I not see this? Or how did I not even have a say in the matter? Right. Exactly. You know, I know we were at a game uh, not too long ago, a professional football game and the stadium doesn't take any cash, only cards for everything and anything. And so it's kind of, that is, it's concerning because you're like, well, maybe I, you know, maybe I don't want to use my card. I'd like to use cash. We're not, we're not given a choice. And then if you look at just this whole model that's being presented with Amazon markets and or Whole Foods, what if you, you know, when you're talking to somebody who maybe really is unaware of this stuff, that's why I say it's really incumbent upon all of us to just become more knowledgeable. And that that doesn't mean just watching your local news and thinking you're getting all the information, you know, you're going to have to dig a little little bit deeper to find these things out, which I did in the book because I was interested. But, you know, someone might feel like what you just said. Well, I want to pay cash for my hot dog at a, <laughs> at a baseball game. I'm sorry. You know, yeah. I'm, 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 I just feel more comfortable with that or I don't want to. And then you're going to maybe go to a baseball game in the near future and like, hey, sorry, we don't take credit cards anymore. You got to wave your hand in front of this weird looking machine. You're like, but what is it? Right. I. It's so, yeah, it is. Um you know, it's, it's becoming more and more alarming. And like you said, we have to do our own education. You heard or say it here. That is your empowerment for yourself is educate, educate, educate. And it rolls back into mindfulness because you're being mindful about not just taking something at face value. You're actually doing the research for yourself and that's also self-care. So there's a whole lot it encompasses, doesn't it? Exactly. So true. You know, Knowledge is, you know, it's that age old saying knowledge is power, you know, and everyone has a right to know what they have a right to know. So, you know, there are people that might not feel comfortable with these things and they should know about them rather than it just being thrust upon us, you know, or we're broadsided by these things. And that's why I really included mindfulness in this book, because at the end of the day, mindfulness for me really is the roadmap. You know, I'm I'm so passionate about you know, what mindfulness gives us, you know, it really helps us become more present. It helps us be more aware. It helps us be more conscious human beings. And when you are that, you're not only aware of yourself and you take responsibility for, you know, your thoughts, deeds, and actions, you're more aware of other people. And then you become more aware of the world and you're involved in life in a way that makes your opinions and your perspective on things important. You don't want to just be one of these people, as I say in the book, who's just existing to exist. 
you know, that just like, oh, la-di-da, whatever, who cares? You know, there's going to be those people. And, and you know, I don't want to judge them, you know, harshly, but I'm like, it is going to be jarring when the changes happen so fast and you're caught off guard. And the beauty, again, of mindfulness is just it heightens our awareness. Right, absolutely. And you, there was one of those key R words in there, responsibility, because when you're more aware, you can hold other people responsible and not get caught up. This is a whole nother subject, but get caught up in a relationship with narcissists or people who drag your, take your energy away, you know, and, and exactly. yeah, so it helps you to do that. But it also, you know, I'm very passionate as a parent about parents being responsible and cleaning themselves up so that they can create healthier humans in the world. So we don't keep this broken pattern happening in families. So Absolutely. I think it's, yes. yeah. So it's I, very I, think, I think that mindfulness really is a way of existing and living that, you know, again, I bring up the words like you are a more aware, conscious human being. Well, that then makes us live in a more a conscious world collectively. You know, we're, we're a collective at the end of the day. We're, yes, we're individuals, but we're part of the collective and that's becomes the collective consciousness on the planet. Do you know? So what's our participation in that? I think those are important things to ask ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. And again, that's taking responsibility and ownership for what, what are we doing on this planet? Are we giving to the world and the planet? Or are we taking from it? And right. that, that's a very, very important subject. Well, we are out of time and I could talk to you forever. So I've got to have you back on. Um, we have been talking today about time to awaken, changing the world with conscious awareness. You can get this book on Amazon. We've been talking about Amazon everywhere. Books are sold. It is a very, very important book. And you could also, can I go ahead and use the word maybe guidebook for this time that we're in, if that's okay with you, Aura, is that okay to use that word? That's a wonderful word. I do believe it's a really good um, guidebook. That's a great way to describe it. Yeah. So go get your copy and you know what, uh, in the, um, it, where can everybody find you? What is the, the easiest, best way for people to find you who want to reach out? Uh, is on my website, you know, auranadrich.com, O-R-A-N-A-D-R-I-C-H.com. Everything's really on my website. You know, it's really just chock full of information and anything you might want to know about my work and what I do. Okay. Awesome. Well, I'm going to put all that in the description as well. Uh, when, when this podcast comes out and again, we're talking to Aura Nadrich time to awaken, changing the world with conscious awareness. And she's got a lot of different information topics that she covers in this book. It has been named one of the top books in the mindfulness arena, right? One of the best-selling books in the arena for mindfulness, would you say? Well, it's definitely been so far the fastest read book I've written. Um, my book um, actually, uh, Live True, A Mindfulness Guide to Authenticity, was a book that was voted as one of the top 100 mindfulness books of all time by Book Authority. So who knows? Maybe this one will reach well, that we're going to put it out there. It's headed in that direction. We're manifesting it now, right? And putting it out there. <laughs> Thank you. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you everyone for joining us today. Well, I will be back soon with another amazing author and human being because we are human beings as well. And thank you so much for joining us today. Go get your copy today. Time to awaken, changing the world with conscious awareness. 
And this is Cover to Cover. I'm Mary Elizabeth Jackson and blessings everyone till we meet again. Bye-bye. Thank you for being a part of our audience today. Please subscribe, like, and share the podcast with your friends and tune in for the next episode of Cover to Cover for all things in the author world.